Hey there, this is Dennis Anyone with Dennis Hensley. It's a podcast about making things up and making things happen. I love talking to creative types. And for this episode, I know a number of people who have cool things that they've created that will make excellent holiday gifts. So I thought, why don't I do a holiday gift guide episode? So I reached out to all these folks thinking that um, I'd get a few of them. And they all said yes. So it's going to be a two-parter, folks. This is part one of the Dennis Anyone Holiday Gift Guide. And on this episode, I am going to have short interviews with four really brilliant uh, creative types who've got the answer to your holiday gift-giving problems. Uh, we've got Alonzo Duralde, who was the co-author of a book called I'll Be Home for Christmas Movies, which is all about Hallmark Christmas movies. We get into it. I have questions. We also have Brett Friedman, one of my oldest, nearest, and dearest. He created my favorite stocking stuffer ever, Dr. Kiss Lip Balm. Once you have it, you can't live without it. So... Uh, There you go. And then we have Tom Judson, an old friend of mine. He has Tom's Trendy Tees on Etsy. He has very niche t-shirt designs, but if you get it, you get it. Like, I have a What's Up Doc t-shirt that I got from his line uh, from the movie, and whenever I wear it, um, not everyone comments, but a few people comment, and they love it, and I love it too. Uh, Then we have Yasser Nama. He is the founder of Sir Candle, my favorite line of candles, with fragrances like Venice Daddy and Smells Like Silver Lake. You get where I'm going. Um, so we're going to talk to him. So before we get to the interviews, I want to um, mention that there are two ways you can listen to this podcast, as you always do on whatever app you do. But you can also become a subscriber to DNR Studios. You get my episodes a few days early. You also get all these other great shows. It's a way of showing your support for the show, and I really appreciate it. You can learn about that at dnrstudios.com. And now let's get into it. Here is part one of the Dennis Anyone Holiday Gift Guide. Joining me now from Los Angeles, it's film critic and author and my longtime friend, Alonzo Duraldi. Hi, Alonzo. Hi, Dennis. Happy holidays. And you are the co-author of a book called I'll Be Home for Christmas Movies, which is like (laughs) a a guidebook for people that love Hallmark kind of movies. Is that what it is? How would you describe it? Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's a book that I wrote with the Deck the Hallmark podcast, and uh, one of the premises of their show is it's three guys. One of them loves these movies, one of them likes them, one of them hates them. So I always say, however you feel about Hallmark movies, somebody on that show has your back. And so the book, I think, is a really good gift for people who love Hallmark movies and want to read more about them. But if you uh, if you like dunking on Hallmark movies, it's also a lot of fun because they will very often tell you why the movie is bad and and what you know really strains you know credulity in it uh so they're very funny and i think the book is a lot of fun and then there's like fun recipes if you want to you know throw a hallmark watching party there's a bingo card uh a, a lot of different stuff and reviews of more than 100 hallmark movies so it, it's a it's a pretty exhaustive uh, uh coverage well there were 100 movies that came out since we got on this zoom call it's so weird because at the, at the multiplex, rom-coms seem to be dead, and yet in this one little niche, it's an explosion. It's like literally giving hundreds of people their SAG insurance for the year. Like it's this <laughs> cottage industry doesn't do it justice. It's a phenomenon. Yeah. If you're a, look, if you're a Canadian actor, you can make a living just being the mom in Hallmark movies throughout the year. But yeah, the Christmas explosion has been crazy. Like I follow a, there's a great Tumblr blog called Sleepy Kitty Paws where she, um, tracks all the holiday movies in production. And she has this graph where like in 2015, there were something like, you know, 50 movies across like all TV networks and streaming platforms. And now it's, it's something like, 260 almost just for this year not counting theatrical not counting like blu-ray dvd just 
on television or streaming somewhere. It's nuts. What performer do you think has made the most money making these movies? Who is the king and or queen of it? Uh, I Well, I mean, I would say, like, Lacey Chabert is definitely the queen of Hallmark these right. days. And, and even before, like, the well-publicized departure of Candace Cameron Bray and some other folks, like, she was the ratings topper. Yeah, I'd say there are a lot of individual stars and directors who, who make a very nice living off of this sort of thing. Like, this year was a very, like, Hallmark did their first, I think, fan service. They had a movie that starred um, Tyler Hines, Andrew Walker, and Paul Campbell. And if you don't watch Hallmark movies, you may not know who any of those gentlemen are. But if you do watch Hallmark movies, you were very excited to have all three of them in one movie. They're the BTS of Hallmark movies. They're just uh, like, it, your head's exploding. It, it, this was the Ocean's Eleven, you know, yeah. of, of like all-star casts. Has there ever been a Christmas movie that you've seen where people decide that the big city is the way to go and that these small town people have their heads up their asses and I got to get out of this ho-dung town. <laughs> they never go that far. Like, they should. Do I, like, they I, ever I, stay in the big city? They don't. City <laughs> people well, are demons. There, there was a tweet that went around. It's like, if, if you're a Hallmark heroine, you need to ask your, your, your small town boyfriend where he was on January 6th. <laughs> um, they never go so far as to make the small town look bad. But occasionally they do stay in the city. Like, there's one called uh, a, uh, a Christmas to Remember, I want to say, um, where uh, uh, Alan Liebert... And Peter Port. Both of I love that I don't know a single person that you're saying. It's totally fine. I love anyway. that you're talking about him like it's Meryl Streep and Michael Douglas. <laughs> and I'm like, uh-huh. Yeah, those guys. I, 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 I am well-versed with these cats. <laughs> anyway, but she, she plays a bookstore manager. She hits a guy with her, with her bicycle, and he gets amnesia. And by the end of the movie, you find out he is from a small town, but he's going to move to the big city to be with her. And she is not leaving the big city because she just got the book show, the bookstore manager gig. And it's very exciting that they allowed that to happen and didn't have her be like, oh, screw it. I'm going to go make muffins, you know. Sometimes I watch the shows and I, and I enjoy them in the cozy way that everyone does. And I cannot believe how conflict averse they are. They're like, <laughs> the conflict is, should we go up to the attic and get the box of Christmas stuff? That's almost too much conflict for some of them. Yeah, no, they, they go out of their way to really kind of keep it cozy. I always say, look, this is a network that is run by a greeting card company. Yeah. And so these movies are kind of the audiovisual equivalent in terms of like, you could just have them on the background. And when you look up, you'll say, oh, look, they're lighting the tree. Oh, they're making gingerbread right. cookies. Oh, they're, you know, and, and yeah, they, they are, you know, but, but I think that that's a, that's a feature, not a bug. Yes, you know, that's you what know we what want. Exactly. Yeah, you know what you're getting into. And it's like, you know, I look, I love watching a complicated French movie where, you know, uh, Catherine Deneuve needs a bone marrow transplant <laughs> at Christmas time. But, you know, I know I know what I'm getting when I watch that. And I know what I'm getting when I turn on Hallmark. I also like the art direction where most of us have one tree in our house, <laughs> but not these people. If there's not a tree in the background of every shot, there's a problem. Yeah. My favorite is when somebody says something like, oh, well, I've barely started decorating. And <laughs> really? What space is left in this room to hang more garland on? Okay, what are the best ones this year? If, you, if we were going to cozy up with a couple of these this year, what are your recommendations? Uh, well, okay, let's see. There's one called um, Ghost of Christmas Always, which is kind of... <laughs> is, kind of like... is that starring Dirk Wanuck and Lacey... <laughs> 
Peter <laughs> Liss? Like, who's, uh, in, that, who's in that? <laughs> uh, the, 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 the big name in that was Reginald L. Johnson. Of course. From Family of course. Matters and Die Hard. <laughs> okay. Has a supporting role as I think the ghost of Christmas yet to come. It, it's kind of like Spirited in that right. it is sort of set amid the bureaucracy of the ghosts who come to Earth every Christmas to harass people and turn them into better uh, folks. And it's it's actually, like, pretty smart and and... Uh, you know, accomplishes a lot that these movies don't always do. Um, the Lacey Chabert movie this year was one called Haul Out the Holly. And it's kind of, it's it's pretty funny as these movies go. Like, they really are veering into trying to make this a comedy. And, like, they cast Stephen Tobolowsky and Melissa Peterman. Oh, that's the one with Melissa Peterman and Tobolowsky. Yeah. I've read about that. All right. I know those, it's, I know those it, names. Yeah, and you know Lacey Chabert. Of Come course, on, from Mean, mean Girls. Girls and stuff. Yeah. Um, so that's a lot of fun. And there was one called uh, Jolly Good Christmas that I thought was was pretty entertaining because, like, they'll do these, like, their travel movies, like Christmas in Rome or blah, blah, blah. And a lot of times you can tell they, they got, like, two days of exteriors and they shot the rest of it in Romania or whatever. <laughs> yeah. But this one actually, uh, uh, you know, it, it, it is set in London and they go hard on London yes. at Christmas time. And it's really gorgeous. And... um it stars uh, Will Kemp and then uh, Resh Machete, who, you know, from, like, she was on Royal Pains. And Do I? She's cur- Do I know she's, her? <laughs> she's currently on Monarch, if you're watching that Bananas show. I love it. Uh, anyway, but it, 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 they go whole hog on a London Christmas, and it's actually pretty fun, I think. Now, I've seen bits and pieces of the Lohan one, I'm Amnesia oh. at Christmas or whatever it is. Do you think the smaller channels resent that Netflix money when they see it on the screen? Are they like, those, we're running around with one wreath for seven movies, and they're throwing Netflix money at Lindsay Lohan. It must infuriate them. I, I think Netflix engenders that kind of thing in general. Like, yes. you look at how much, you know, like, they gave in yard to how much to make Bardo? Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, but, yeah, definitely. They, they, they are they are kicking up the names in terms of, like, they, they, they're spending a little more money. They're getting your low-hand caliber, your Freddie Prince Juniors, you know, and so that 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 requires uh, uh, more of an more of an investment, but yeah. you know, ultimately, it, it, they have the same DNA as your as your basic Hallmark movie. But if you're down for that kind of thing, now you get to see with Lindsay Lohan. I love that this thing exists. That just, just, I don't watch them all, but I love that it's there. And you, this is actually your second holiday movie book. You wrote one called "Have Yourself a Movie, Little Christmas." Um, yes. And it features things like Die Hard, and it's much more broad in its scope. But you're so smart. You're the Christmas movie guy. You did. You pulled a Mariah Alonso, and you're going to be in demand for the rest of your life. I hope you're right. Look, I've always said, like, if you ever want to be an expert in something, pick the thing that no one else wanted to be the expert of, and it's all the field is yours. But yeah, you know, I wrote, I wrote, have yourself a little Christmas in 2010 is yeah. when that came out. I had no idea. First of all, I wasn't even watching Hallmark movies back then. Like, I, right. they, they're not, they don't factor the book at all it's all theatrical and what they would call you know real movies um right but uh what's dave of crazy, course is your husband and my uh, husband dave White, of yes. the linoleum knife podcast yes. series thank you for the footnote yes um, but yeah it, it it has it has exploded into this thing and so yeah i i am the guy to talk to about this stuff and i'm happy to do it <laughs> i love it and it's and your, if your beard gets white it's even better I, exactly. It's all on brand. <laughs> <laughs> um, how gay are the Christmas movies this year? Last year we had Single All the Way. Did, did uh, we well, get more yeah, or we had, is that it? We had, a, we had a real big wave in the last couple of years because you had like Happiest Season. Yeah. Uh, 
Hallmark started kind of dipping a toe in with like they had Jonathan Bennett had played a queer supporting character in Christmas House a couple years ago. The last year he was played the same character in Christmas House Two. This year he is the lead, and it is a it is a queer centric rom com. Like they are the A story uh, in a movie called The Holiday Sitter, which airs. Uh, this Sunday, as we're speaking, so I haven't seen it yet, but I'm very excited about it. And which is that um, Hallmark or a different that's one? On, all, Hallmark. That's on Hallmark. Jonathan yeah. Bennett. Jonathan Bennett is a sweet spot because he's a nice gay, but also Mean Girls. We love him from Mean Girls. Gotta, Absolutely, gotta yeah. I hope Daniel Francesi gets to gets yes. into these too. That would be a blast. Um, and I like that Luke McFarlane has a bunch of those on his resume and was so fun yeah. in Bros. Um, so we've got yeah, that, that one. The, we've got that one to yeah, look forward to this year. The the Luke McFarland thing is 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 fascinating because like you know he came out and these were the gigs he got were the Hallmark movies you know including one with Candace Cameron Bure Miss oh, we're focusing on traditional marriage right uh, but you know but yeah I think I I think with Bros he obviously is going to be entering a whole new phase of his career and if he winds up not doing any more of these like that'll be I'll be sad because I like him in these movies but I'll be thrilled that he's getting better opportunities. He's so winning. I'm sure Camera Candon was like, well, I don't approve of homosexuals. Wait, that's what he looks like? Okay, I'm in. It's fine. It's fine. Let's <laughs> yeah, cast him. That's, that's the thing. Look, she's always, she's always been perfectly happy to exploit the talents of queer people. Like Ron Oliver, who has written and or directed a lot of her bigger Hallmark movies, is, you know, gay is the month of May. But, like, so it's, it's very much like, yeah, they can style my hair. I just won't have a movie about them. Yeah, know? can't tell their stories for sure. Exactly. Um, tell people how they can find this book. I'll be home for Christmas movies. I'll be home for Christmas movies uh, and have yourself a movie little Christmas are both available wherever uh, fine books are sold. They're, they're available, you know, ask your bookstore, get them online, wherever it is. But uh, yeah, they're out there. And I think together they, they kind of uh, cover a, a great swath of holiday entertainment, both sort of, you know, your legit, it's a wonderful life. And then also your, you know, all, all of your, your, your uh, Lacey Chabert, Candace Cameron, Bray, Danica McKellar, Hallmark action. Can't forget Danica McKellar. Can't forget her. <laughs> uh, can't forget her. Um, final question. What is it meant to you to, to have these movie Christmas movie projects? Like what has it brought to your life to, to explore this world in such depth? Uh, it's been a lot of fun. I mean, because I, I've always loved Christmas just full stop and I've always loved movies. So it was sort of inevitable that the two would come together. But like, you know, uh, becoming friends with the Deck the Hallmark guys has been a real treat and has really uh, brought me a lot of opportunities to do like appearances with them and you know, travel to Greenville, South Carolina to do the marathons with them at the beginning of the new Hallmark season. And and weirdly enough, like like I co-hosted a trivia game show at Christmas Con in Pasadena in August with Danica McKellar. Like just nutty stuff like that kind of comes along. And it's like, yeah, I guess I'm doing this. It's just sort of evergreen, literally like the tree. Which I love. There you go. Comes around once or like a year. The, or, or, the, or the series of Hallmark movies set in the small town with the vintage red pickup truck. What? Okay, final. I have another final question. What's your, <laughs> okay. what's your favorite small town traditional contest thing that everyone's gearing up for? Is it icicle <laughs> mistletoe carving or whatever? Like, is there a thing that you love as the big festival? Uh, you know, I, what's always funny is the tree lighting sequence to me, because sometimes like they'll literally, they'll throw this big elaborate switch and like one big sort of lighthouse light will come on in the middle of the tree. And then other times you'll have like in the Lindsay Lohan one for Netflix this year, it's this like small town Christmas where they have like three giant trees and a fireworks display. And you're like, why isn't everyone from like all the surrounding counties coming to this? Cause this is amazing. Yeah. It, it Netflix 
throwing a Christmas tree lighting in a small town movie. I mean, just, exactly. Uh, they don't know. They, it's got to be Elephantine. I think they should just cut that sequence into every other movie. Just, <laughs> you, just steal their lights. <laughs> let us let us fight it out in court. All right. It was so fun to talk to you, Alonzo. Um, Always a pleasure. Yeah, I love it. Enjoy the rest of the Christmas movies, and I'll watch for the ones that you mentioned. I I, uh, I love a cozy Christmas movie. Excellent. Get cozy. Stay cozy. Merry Christmas, Dennis. Bye. <laughs> Joining me now from Los Angeles is one of my best friends, and he's also the creator of my favorite stocking stuffer ever. It's makeup artist to the stars and entrepreneur, Brett Friedman. Welcome to the podcast, Brett. Oh, my gosh. It's an honor, Dennis. You were my second ever guest on Dennis Anyone. We talked about your career as a Hollywood makeup artist. But for this holiday gift guide, I wanted to uh, shine a spotlight on Dr. Kiss, which is my favorite stocking stuffer ever, because it's his wonderful lip balm that you've come up with and uh it it's so cute it looks cute it fits in a stocking i carry it with me everywhere it's like a friend in my pocket and there's three flavors i can go on and on about it but yeah who doesn't use lip balm yeah so what's this, what's the origin story how long has it been in my life it came out in 2009 wow okay so, yeah and so the dr kiss lip balm what it how it was born was I use lip balm every day. I'm obsessed with lip balm. I don't want it to be too greasy. I don't want it to be too waxy. Um, so when I started my line, I was like, you know, this is something I can put in my pocket every single day. And I was picking out like a component for, you know, the brow powder. And I was looking at compacts and and then I just started looking at the tubes of stuff. And there was this tube and it was all translucent. You know, it just like was sort of just all clear, but it looked like I looked at it and I thought that looks like a pill. Yeah. Like it, a Valley it, of the Dolls kind of pill. Yeah. It yeah. looked like a capsule. And I was like, gosh, if one side was a color, one side was white. So that's, and then it just clicked. I was like, okay, I have this idea to do a lip balm. This would be a really fun component. And, uh, that's, so then I started making the formula and I decided to, you know, in the 80s, they had mood lip, like mood lipstick. So, and they still kind of make it, but they don't call it mood lipstick anymore. Now it's just like, you know, heat activated. Right. But 4% of that added to the balm because I loved cherry chapstick. I didn't like how waxy it was, right. but I did like a, just like your lip color a little more vivid. So I was like, if I can get a, like this, bluish balm to turn just like a flush color on the lip will be golden. And they were able to do it. And uh, it, it uh, went like gangbusters. It was undeniable. And it looks cute. It looks like a pill. It's so cute. And now there are three flavors. What are the three flavors? So it's coconut. And they all have a little bit of natural peppermint oil in them. Yes. So they have a zinc. So it feels fresh. But it's uh, coconut mint, vanilla mint, and guava mint. I remember when you were doing prototypes, I was like, try this. No, that one's too waxy. Try this. It was a whole, it was a lot to get it right, right? Oh my gosh, yeah. And I'm such a lip balm fanatic. So I was really, really taking up the chat. Yeah, I was just like, "Mm." that my lips, when I press them together, they're sticking together. That's not good. You're throwing shit across the room, screaming. You know it when it's right. Yeah, we did five incarnations of the balm until I approved it, which, you know, you have to wait like a couple months. Like they have to, you have to get back in line at these fillers and then they make a vat, like a small vat of it. Um, and they're not real pleased. 
when you, when you keep going back. But you nailed it, and it's become kind of a classic, and it's like a standby in my – I need it on my nightstand. I need it in my pocket. I love it. You know, we sell it to uh, Alcone in New York, and they're like, oh, my God, Sarah Jessica Parker comes in and buys it by the dozen, and we send it to Robert Downey Jr.'s makeup artist. So it's it's been really – it's like this cult Hollywood fave. Um, so it's fun because, you know, the other stuff is like brow. So we deal with real nuts and boltsy, you know, people have a lot of feelings about their brows. So it's nice to have a product that's really popular. That's fun. I, this is sort of a sidebar, but I know from spending time with you that you'll sometimes give, um, brow kits or makeup samples to the drag queens that we go see perform. Um, and I think that's so fun. Do you ever hear from them? Do they love it? Do they use it? How does your makeup work with drag queens or is it, is it, is makeup, makeup, makeup? It doesn't matter who's using it. Um, yeah, I think, you know, everything, the brow stuff's very pigmented. So they, you know, a theatrical sort of makeup uh, person that's doing that sort of presentation loves that, you know, it can be used wet or dry, then get really crisp lines. Um, so it works great in that world. It works great in that world. And also they're switching wigs. So we have like a palette, you know, nice. that has... T- so if they're a redhead for one thing and they're, you know, doing something with like a very dark Wednesday Adams thing, there's right. a, there's a dark brunette. So yeah, it's, it, and, uh, I will say Alaska, when we went to Toucans. Right. We, and, we always go there in Palm Springs. Yeah. Before pandemic, uh, she's one of the only ones that posted about it. Yeah. Took a picture of it and she said, thank you, you know, Brett Glam for yeah. the thing. You know, I give her kudos for that. <laughs> Got to move those units. And uh, you're so good on social media, too. What's your what's your social media oh, handle? Instagram, TikTok, everything, at Brett Glam. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I understand you have a discount code for the fans of Dennis Anyone. Is that right? Because I'm a huge Dennis Anyone fan. And so, <laughs> so uh, paying it forward. 40% off. 40% off? That, that's, that's, that's crazy prices. I feel well, like I'm on a cable access commercial going, that's crazy talk. You go to brecklam.com yep. and it's not just Dr. Kiss. It's on everything. And you type in uh, Dennis, all capital letters. I'm a discount um, code? You're the discount code. So I don't know. I'm, I'm spend, so honored but... to be a discount code. <laughs> I'm so honored. That's an amazing thing to be. Yeah. Yeah. So brecklam.com, 40% off. Yeah. Uh, check Put in uh, promo code Dennis, all caps. I love it. Well, it's fun talking to you. People should check out uh, Dr. Kiss and all the other great stuff you do. Here's my final question. Yeah. You are an established makeup artist. You work with big stars all the time. That's your thing. What has it meant to you to also be an entrepreneur, to do this stuff on your own? What has it brought to your life? Um, you know what's really interesting is it, it made me feel kind of smart. <laughs> I, I love it. Well, that I'm a smart person, but I get like I like I look at this and I thought, you know, I I pulled this off, and I I googled the hell out of stuff and figured it out and asked a million people. I've asked you for advice, and uh, so I kind of yeah, I think it was like okay, okay, and it taught me that you really, if you put your mind to something and it's maybe not your world, uh, you can people help you. You know, it's like the universe conspires to help you get what you want. Um, I told everyone I was doing it, and a lot of people were really gracious and giving me advice. And I, I, uh, I just, yeah, and I made a lot of mistakes, and but it didn't, it didn't stop me. You kept going. And I don't know if you've had this yeah. experience. I have a different email address for 
my game that I co-created, You Don't Know My Life. So I have mm-hmm. that as a different email address, and I'm booking these virtual game nights. So in the morning when I'm checking my email, I have my regular email, and maybe I'm not getting good news around writing or whatever or, or the, the stuff that I'm doing. But then I have that other email address, and I'm like, oh, they want to book a game. It almost yeah. is like this little – If that, there's not good news here, but over there there is. Like it's sort of – yeah. It's true. It's true. If one, it's good to diversify a little, you know, and just emotionally diversify. Yes. It's, <laughs> it, you it, you don't get slow. so down when the other yeah. thing isn't going. I think we're brought up in the Hollywood world, especially, to think that if we're not laser focused on the thing, you got to want it more than anything else. If there's anything else you should, you can do, you need to leave the business. Like we, ha- we think we have to be yeah. like maniacs with our devotion. That if we do anything else. The show business gods won't shine on us, but the truth is, yeah. having another thing kind of helps you because it's that makes the stakes a little bit less intense around your main thing. At least that's what I found. Yeah. It's so true. It's, it takes the pressure off. Yeah, like you said, if one thing is a little quieter, then the other throws you a bone. Yeah, and that's been my experience. <laughs> so here's to lots of bone throwing, and um, everyone needs to go check out uh, Brett's stuff. Tell us again the name of the website. Okay, so it's brettglam.com, B-R-E-T-T, glam.com, and uh, promo code DENNIS, all caps. I love that. 40- I'm, I, I, I don't think Andy <laughs> Cohen has a, a promo code. Yeah, he for sure does not, so <laughs> suck it. <laughs> I love it. Andy. All right, thank you, Brett. Okay, happy holidays. Joining me now is my friend Tom Judson, founder of Tom's Trendy Tees. You're coming to us from where in New York? Upstate New York, right? Uh, the scenic Hudson River Valley, just south of Albany. Now, Tom is a performer. You may have seen him play for Varlin Jean Merman, and he does his own shows, and then you had a, a career. Charles Bush, at, Bush's musical director for yeah, over a decade. Yes, Charles Bush I've seen you perform with. So you're very multi-talented. And we met during a time when you were working as Gus Maddox in the adult industry. I was wondering, when did we meet? Because, Dennis, I hate to tell you, but it's been like a long time. It's been time. a while. I... Um, I used to like to say at the time we met that you were my favorite porn star who's not dead because I was a fan actually, of the vintage. Actually, I'm, I'm looking at your book right now, and the inscription reads, Tom, to my fave porn star, living or dead. <laughs> oh, right on. Wow, I, I much, really I poured that it on That covers all the ground. Look, look, I took this picture. Look. Look at that picture of us. Where are we? We look exactly the same. Yes. That was when I was guest hosting... <laughs> On Derek and Romaine, I think, or the John McMullen show back in the Serious Derek XM Romaine, days. I was, I was your guest co You co-host. were my guest co-host. And I think I stopped you for some reason to come and do it. And you were a delight. That, that, I, I don't know. But it's, back then, like, I, I, there wasn't... I don't old to remember things like that now. There wasn't really social media. So how would I have found you? Anyway, I'm glad I did. And in addition to the musical things you do and the performing things, you have this fun Etsy shop of T-shirts. It all started, it was like five years ago, six years ago now. I don't remember exactly when. To go back further than the start of my shop, when I was a teenager, and I grew up in the Hudson Valley, so I would go to the city to see Broadway shows. And I would always get the T-shirts from the shows. And I had a big box of Broadway show T-shirts in the closet in my room. And then I moved to the city to go to college. <laughs> My mom promptly threw that box of T-shirts away. Oh, that's devastating. So years, years and years later, I was thinking, oh, man, that box of T-shirts, that'd be so cool if I had some of those. And then, you know, you can make anything up online. You get anything made up online. So I thought, maybe I'll 
maybe I'll make some of those t-shirts up for myself that I wish I had. And a friend of mine said, you know, you're not the only one who's going to want those. So I, and she had an Etsy shop. So I started the brilliant things that you don't have to produce stock. They're printed to order. Right. So I decided to create Broadway show t-shirts, but here's the, 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 um, the narrow lane that I'm in only from flop shows that never had t-shirts. Right. I was looking at some of those shows going, I've heard of that, but I don't know anyone that's seen it. Like anyone can whistle. <laughs> I have like 150 Broadway shows. Yeah. And they're all flops. There's not a hit in the bunch. So who buys so... them? Diehard Broadway fans that, that have a soft spot for a certain show? Yeah, it's it's really really interesting. Like like stuff like um, uh, Golden Rainbow, which starred Steve Lawrence and Edie Gourmet. Yeah. yeah. In fact, uh, somebody bought one of those for the composer of the show. Right. He gets to have a dream come true too. I love it. Yeah, that's really that's really fun for me when I know people that are connected with the shows get the things. So that's so that's one category. The Broadway my, category. And then the other category, the other main category is signage that either was in or could have been in a movie. When I say could have been in, for instance, I have one Genco Olive Oil Import Company. What is that Which from? is the front company that Vita Corleone had in The Godfather. Oh, right. Nice. So it's and, like and logos for these places. Logos that either existed in the movie or could have existed yeah. in the movie. Like, like another one I have is uh, in Lolita... Uh, Humbert Humbert, when he goes to pick up Lolita from the summer camp, he drives into the summer camp campground and there's the sign, Camp Climax. Yeah. Drive, drive safely. Right. <laughs> so I recreate that. But the one you have, yes. and this, this is one that's really interesting to me because I made, this is one of the designs that I made for myself thinking no one's going to buy this. Right. And it was in the opening credits of What's Up Doc, Peter Bogdanovich did it a la the 1930s where it was a photo album and they were turning the pages of the album. Right. That's the opening credits. And the last page in the album before it segues into real film, it, real, real life images, is a picture of the overnight case, the yeah. plaid overnight And it says, once upon a time, there was a plaid overnight case. And I thought, oh, I'd love to have that shirt. So I made it for myself. It's one of my best sellers. I'm sure. And when I wear it, everybody compliments. People love that film. I wore it to a screening of that film, and people lost their minds. Did you really? Oh, that's great. But here's the other kicker. (laughs) The special order for you is I had originally done it in white, and you asked if I could do it in black. And I said, for you? Of course. It looks so good in black. And here's the thing. I like your shirts. The, the, the fit, the feel, they fit good. They feel good. You know, because sometimes you love a design, well, but it's a weird boxy shirt. And you're like, I'm not going to wear that. I, I like the golden brand. Forget it. Yeah. No. So you nailed it with the shirt. I'm talking shop here, Dennis. I'm talking shop. I, I love it. You also have one on your site now that's the Charlie Brown Christmas tree. Yeah. And, it, and one has a caption and the other one doesn't. What is the caption one? I can't remember. Fear not. Fear not, which is what Linus says when he's reading the thing, right? And it's <clears> the little sad tree bent over. Like, it's, I think it's so poignant. I love that. So, and you do all the graphic design yourself, yeah? I do, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty handy on Photoshop, and I can, uh, I can pretty much whip anything up. What I think is really cool about the movie stuff is that whenever possible, it's actually from the frame of the movie. Like, that 
the WhatsApp doc overnight case is actually from the frame of, I like put it up on my screen and I do a screenshot and then I work from that. In fact, I just, just my most recent design, which Charles Bush was kind enough to, to push on his uh, Facebook page was um, I have a subcategory in my movie section of, I reproduce the, the title card and the director's credit. Yeah. I love those. Cause if you're a fan of a director, you can exactly. wear that. Like, give us some examples. Well, well, but it has to be that you can recognize the movie because the typeface has to be specific. Like a Peter, a film by Peter Bogdanovich. It's the, the Paper Moon typeface is so so apparent. John Ford. Every movie looked the same. It's but, the John Ford font. He's practically named the font uh, after him. The, the directed by Billy Wilder from um, Something Like It Hot. You'd know it as soon as you saw it. Right. Just the other day, I realized I had no women in my. Director category. You didn't pass so, the Bechtel test as a Etsy shop. <laughs> oh, is, is that the? It has to be well, a scene. It, no, it's a scene of two women talking, yeah. and that has to be not not yeah. about men. Your shirts yeah. are offensive. Anyway, deal. <laughs> fix it. Fix it. So I made I made one. Um, it's directed by Ida Lupino. I love it. And it's from The Trouble with Angels. And so there's a cartoon of of Haley Mills sitting against her title credit. And I got a bunch of orders right away. Boom! A bunch of orders. Here's what I love. You're not going to pander. Your stuff is niche, proudly niche. Somebody actually just uh, ordered, I forget what they ordered the other day, but something really obscure. And and I comment, complimented them on their order for this obscure thing. And they said, you know, uh, probably nobody will know what it is, but if they know, they'll know. And then you bond. I've had that moment a lot with my What's Up Doc shirt. So tell people. <laughs> that should be the, the slogan for my Tell people how come. they can find your stuff. Um, well, the easiest way is just to Google Tom's Trendy Tees, and that will get you to my shop. They can also Google Flop Broadway Show T-shirts. That will also get me there because I, I seem to really have a niche. You've I don't know the market on Flop else. Broadway shows. I don't – I really I, – because I – of course, I do research. I have not found anybody else that's doing T-shirts from Flop Broadway shows. I love it. Before I let you go, here's what I'm asking everybody from the last question. What has it meant for you to have this outlet in your life? It's been really interesting because I have connected with a lot of people. It's it's really interesting to me to see that my, what I thought were really esoteric, unique tastes to me, myself, are shared by other people. So you're not as and, weird as you thought. You th- that's <laughs> one of the takeaways. No, it's other people are as weird as I am. <laughs> That's a fun way to look at it. And, also, that's a better way and you also have something that's yours, right? That that's that that you get to be the boss of. Yeah, and it's it's really fun. I can I can decide exactly what's going in the collection and what's not. I love that you talk about it like like you're Tom Ford. Like it's a collection now. Um, well, it is a collection. It's like there's like over three hundred designs in my shop. It's really interesting. I love it. Well, it was so fun talking to you about it. I'm gonna go poke around again and order something else because I I love that other one that I that I've worn out practically. Lovely to see you, Dennis. I'm so glad to catch up with you. Bye. Thanks, Dennis. So fun. Bye-bye. Joining me now from here in Los Angeles, it's Yasser Nama, the founder of Sir Candle, my favorite new line of candles. Welcome. Hi, Dennis. Thank you so much for having me. I am sitting above, nearby a... Uh, Sir Candle with my the most enticing of the the many enticing titles Venice Daddy <laughs> is what I've chosen and I love the aroma what, how would you describe the aroma of Venice Daddy what do we've got going on in there 
Venice Daddy. Um, you know, it's definitely it's going to be the beachy candle from the wine. Yeah. Um, I would say there's a lot of sea salt, citrus, you got a lot of those like fresh beach notes, but it's mixed with a little bit of amber wood. And it definitely gives it a little bit of a mysterious, I would say, sexy smell to it. So, Venestiati is a very appropriate name. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, it's feel, I feel kind of sexy. Like, maybe I parked my car on Abbott Kenny and I stayed somewhere that I shouldn't have stayed. And maybe I'm just stumbling to to the car. Anyway, you're painting a picture. <laughs> um, but you have other great... Uh, my other favorite title is Smells Like Silver Lake. Uh, does that have a hint of leather? What's going on with that one? Yeah, so that's a really fun candle. So... Um, it's definitely a nod to what um, I call in the label story, like LA's East Side bar culture. Yes. So um, you're definitely going to have a little bit of leather, suede, smoke, hemp, gin, and then a little bit of cypress to give you that little silver lake kick as well. So <laughs> you got into this during the pandemic, is that right? How did this all begin for you? That's correct. Um, so during the pandemic, I did a little bit of like creative exploration for myself and. Um, I thought, I was like, wait, um, I really, really love candles. Um, <laughs> so you imagine we're all like stuck at home and I'm like testing out different stuff. And I'm like, wait, candles sound fun. And I started making some at home and I really fell in love with the process. It was a little bit of an art and science to it. Yeah. And it was just one of those things that kept snowballing. Well, I started making candles recently. It's fun. But I would imagine to do a line, though, it's a lot of trial and error, right? Absolutely. Oh my God. There's so much trial and error. Um, and a lot goes into a candle anything from the wax type to the size of the container, like a wick to the naked eye looks like they all look the same, but there's like 20 different sizes based on all those like components. So yeah, there's a lot, a lot of trial and error had to play with a lot of different materials and see, uh, what worked out. And, um, you know, once I get something to my head, like I kind of obsess over it, <laughs> really into it. And I was like, I gotta, I gotta figure out how to make a store ready, luxury quality candle. Like it has to look good. So there's no stopping me there. So how do you come <laughs> up with your fragrances? How do, how do you think about that? How do you conceive them? With my line, I wanted to create more complex stories. Um, so there's a story on the label and, you know, I thought about, you know, they all come from real memories or um, a feeling I'd like to share with someone. And then um, I would, when I first started out, I'd go out and buy all these different oils and fragrances and slowly mix things and test them out to see, like, to see how it came out. And I, like you know, you're I came a mad up scientist own, in a laboratory? A, a, a little bit, yeah. I mean, during COVID, we all went, we all went down that path. But, um, yeah, it, you know, I made, up, I made up some concoctions I was proud of, and people seemed to like that. And then down the line, um, I went and worked with, with perfumers and we got to reverse engineer all my fragrances and then refine them and create like custom formulas. So, uh, it was a really cool process from start to finish. How creative is that? Cause like one of your candles is called Yosemite trip. So I, I imagine, is that inspired by a Yosemite trip? Yeah, it was a fun, really fun trip. I went on with my friends and just like lots of hiking and, um, grilling out and it was, it was a wild time. So that was like our, that, that was an ode to, you know, that little friend group. My, I love it. And they're like, it's a hint of Fritos. Yeah, we had Fritos. Big deal. Yeah. part of the trip. No, it's not. There's no Fritos. Um, what does this one mean? I wish you O-U-D. What is O-U-D? Oh, I wish. So Oud is a Middle Eastern wood. Oh, I love that. Um, it's very, very, it's sweet and resinous. Um, it has a very, like, distinct smell. 
And um, I love gardenia. So I mix oud and gardenia together. And it is a little bit of a sexy smell. So I called it I Wish You Oud. And, um, you know, I'm from a Middle Eastern background. So, and oud wood being a Middle Eastern wood. Yes. Uh, I, I, I turned that story into a little bit of <laughs> a little fun, a little sexy story. And it just mixed well with the gardenia. So, and it was a fun play on words. <laughs> I just love the whole story idea, that, that there's a whole story, the beginning, middle, and end, the thing that happens, a vibe, all this combination of elements. It's really creative and cool what you've done. You must be hearing fun things from people that love your candles. What's something that, that you remember as a, as a compliment that's stuck? <laughs> that's, that's a good question. Um, and, you know, and sometimes I, I've gotten some really good compliments from people. Uh, they're super kind and, you know, it's some of my favorite things to hear, right, because I want to put something that's joyful out into the world. But the biggest compliment to me is I've walked into people's homes before, like whether they're a new friend or got invited to like a party or something, I walked in and I saw my own candle. And that to me is like the biggest compliment. I was like, cause yes. there's like no, even no relation, no connection to it besides like, Oh, this person really enjoyed that. So, um, and they have like a piece of something I created in their home. So that to me is the biggest compliment. Right. It's not like your friend that's like, oh, he's coming over. Let's put out the candle. No, it was yeah. just a coincidence. I love it. Did you own it? Were you like, hey, you know, that candle, I, I kind of created that. Yeah, I usually ask around first. I'm like, oh, like, this is a cool candle. Where did you get it? And, and then they fess up. <laughs> yeah. Um, what's your masterpiece so far in terms of your fragrance? What's the one where you're like, okay, this is my, this is my Coca-Cola for now? Yeah, it depends on what you're looking at. I would say for Fancy Daddy's, definitely the number one seller people love the name uh people love the story so the candle um that story is about being like your own daddy going out and having fun and just like kind of creating your own world um so i love that and people love the name so it's easily like easily a top seller um a candle for this time of the year um another candle i would highlight is holiday spirit yeah what's going on with that what does it smell like so that's um there's spruce, pine, a little bit of absinthe, and black currant in there. Right so on. it's a little bit of a complex, a complex holiday candle. Um, and that story um, is more, I think, it's really relatable to the queer community. Um, and I, I can read it out for you right now. Yeah, you I know, love this can't... First of all, I love that every candle has a story, <laughs> right? Who knew? Yeah. And, and this one, uh, you know, the holidays can be hard for our community because... Um, people can't always be with their families or it can be a really lonely time. So that story was really meant to elevate, you know, self-love and acceptance. Um, and I'll read it out to you yeah, here, I love but, that. um, <laughs> this candle will transport you to your place of celebration. Close your eyes and draw a deep breath. You feel warmth, love, and acceptance. Whoever and wherever you are, this is the holiday spirit. Look at that. I got the warm tinglys from that. That's, that's really nice. I, I first met you at a party at a, a mutual friend of ours, Dudley's, and you just have a positive vibe. And so does the candle making make sense to the people in your life? Like, oh, this seems like something Yasser would do. This makes sense. Yeah, I, I think so. Um, I, you know, however I present myself into the world, I always try to, you know, put the right step forward and I want to spread kindness and um, just a general feeling of positivity. So I think uh, a candle really does make sense. It I love candles so much. Better. I got it's, so obsessed like a... <laughs> with them during the pandemic. So yeah. Do you ever feel like I can't smell anything anymore? I've smelled so many things. I can't tell if this is right. Does your, how do you keep your nose from like uh, just getting burned out and not being able to tell if something's right or not? 
Oh yeah, I've had I've had crazy moments where like if you're making big batches of candles and you have all these fragrances around you, I'm like I can't smell anything anymore. I'm like right. overwhelmed. You just have to. I'll take a step outside. Last year, I got COVID pretty bad. And I lost my sense of smell, oh my and God. it took <laughs> it took months for it to recover. And that like freaked me out. I'm like I'm working in a fragrance business. I like please come back. And luckily it did. And luckily it but did. That was, a, that was a scare. What yeah. did you do during that time? Did you have to have bring in friends? Can you smell this for me? Or did you? Were yeah, you pretty I was, well stocked. Um, I mean, I was stocked, and at that point with my um, with my business. I had already worked with a perfumer to uh, create my custom fragrances. And, you know, we had the formula with the formula set and I wasn't releasing new fragrances at that point. So that was a godsend because, you know, luckily we were in a good point with that. But yes, I would all, I would ask friends all the time. I would be like, come smell this or is this good? Let me, let me know if this batch is good. And (laughs) you have to lean for help, you know, lean on people for help. The name comes from your name, right? You took it from your name. How did you decide on that as your name? You know, when I first started out and I was making candles and handing them out to friends, I really wanted to kind of give people a candle and be like, hey, I want you to think of me like this is me in a candle. Right. Um, and then I was like, oh, Sir Candle, using my name would be kind of fun, a little bit of a play on words. Right. Um, and that's that's how it came about. It's also kind of gay sexy, too. Like, sir, call me sir. Like, it's, you know, <laughs> it's got an edge to it. I like it. And your, fun, your, your Instagram's really fun. What is your, is your Instagram Sir Candle? Is it your name? It's at Sir Candle. At so. Sir Candle. Are they available in stores now or mostly just uh, online? So they're available online. Um, I'm in several retailers. Um, I'm at Candle Delirium, which is here in West Hollywood. Oh, the yeah, largest candle retailer. Fabulous. It's so fun. It's like, go do yourself a favor and go this month because they've decorated that store so beautifully. It's like stepping to Winter Wonderland. They're always on point with the decoration. So it's definitely an experience. <laughs> So you, you're offering a discount code for my listeners. I think that's amazing. What's, uh, what's the code? Yeah, no, I'm excited. I'd really love for people to try them. Um, it's 25% off code, and it's good through the end of December. And the code is SIR25. SIR25. simple. So if you go to SIR yes. <laughs> Candle and type in SIR25, you get 25% off through the end of December. So nice of you to do that. Here's my final question. Thank you. What has it meant to you in your life to have this outlet to have embarked on this uh, on this business? Um, I, I think for me it was really really huge. Um, number one, during COVID, you know, sitting at home, having something to do that was creative that allowed me to grow and learn, and more importantly, put something together that I was able to share with people. I'm from like a finance insurance background, so yeah. like I come from like a tech product pricing, insurance, <laughs> background, <laughs> nothing to do with candles. I tell people it's insurance by day, candles by night. <laughs> I love it, though. It's totally different. You get to express different parts of your brain and, and, and different parts of your personality. Yeah, yeah. It's all it's all different ways to grow. Um, you know, I feel good about putting this in people's homes. It, um, you know, they're enjoying it and hopefully adding, you know, another light in their life. And you've really inspired me. Like, if I'm just making candles, but I don't have st- they don't have stories. I really got to step it up. Hey, listen, people, people are going to love your candles because they come from you and you're putting yourself in them. So I think that's story enough. It, it, it does feel kind of special. People are, there is something like, um, I noticed when I give one to somebody, it means a little something. More than, more than yeah. like a cookie or something you would make. I don't know. There's something special. Yeah. You put your, you put your work and your love and your care into it and like, you're giving a gift. I think that's like some, sometimes the best things you can do. This was so fun, Yasser. Congrats on your cool candles. They're awesome. And people should pick some up for the holidays and year round. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. This is really fun to do. 
All right, that's part one of my holiday gift guide. Um, We've got some more great people coming up in part two. Before I let you go, I have to do my So This Happened segment. So This Happened, I got COVID. Um, Yeah, so I haven't done anything. It's not too bad. I'm on the end of it. Um, Yeah, I got it. So it's my second visit with Miss Rona. It hasn't been too bad, but it is weird to just not go anywhere or do anything. Um, although I have been working and doing interviews. so And you can see my voice isn't too bad. So there it is. Um, I have no profound fun things that I did. I didn't go to any concerts or shows. I did watch the Dolly Parton Holiday Special, which I think I will watch every year. It's it's two hours. It's kind of loopy, but then also gorgeous and beautiful. Like when she sings, it's magic. She looks great. There's ideas at play. There's a lot of people. It put a lot of people to work. It, it's kind of fascinating in a way. Um, Dolly didn't phone it in. She's not like, I'm going to sing a few classics and put a tree up behind me. She's like, we're going to Dollywood. We're having dancers. We're doing this all the way. Uh, so I'm into it. All right. That's enough for this episode. Our next episode will be part two of our gift guide. Uh, but before I let you go, I want to give a shout out to AJ Sousa for mixing the episodes and also keeping up with this kind of uh, unusual schedule with these two episodes back-to-back. I appreciate it. J.B. Bursey for his additional technical support. My theme music is by Mark Daniels for Placement Music. We'll catch you next time on Dennis Anyone. Bye!